Well, there seems to be more bad news on the horizon when it comes to uh, the economic front. An increase in, in, in fuel price is uh, predicted. Yesterday we spoke about the increase in education costs. It's just increase, increase, increase. Uh, in the midst of all of this, uh, Treasury is, is hosting the United States Secretary of, uh, of the Treasury, Janet Allen. The, the Reserve Bank, rather, is, is hosting um, the United States Secretary of the Treasury. So, to give us some perspective, we have on the line Professor Edwards uh, Business School, Yanni Rousseau. Professor Rousseau, as always, uh, thank you for your time. Good morning. Welcome. Good morning, Sulaiman, and good morning to the listeners. As always, very nice to talk to you. So it's uh, another increase in the fuel price after somewhat of a decrease. People always complain that, you know, even when there's a decrease, it's likely to be followed by an increase. But not a very hefty one at this stage, although I think all things considered, the fuel price remains high. Yeah, the fuel price is indeed high. The fuel price is, of course, determined on the one hand by the dollar price of oil and on the other hand by the rand dollar exchange rate. And in the past weeks, the dollar price of fuel increased on international markets. The rand is around 17 rand to the dollar or thereabouts. So with the dollar price increase, we can expect a higher fuel price in South Africa. This is really determined by international markets, and we are on the receiving end of it. There's no likelihood now of government intervening in trying to mitigate the fuel price. Well, the only way that the government can intervene is as it did before by waiving the fuel levy. And unfortunately, the government's finances are so squeezed that it is in no position to waive the levy because if it waives the levy, it will simply have to borrow the money that it loses by waiving the levy on the capital markets. And as it is, the South African government is borrowing something like a billion rands a day with the current budget deficit. In the midst of all of this now, there's that 18% uh, hike on on, on electricity tariffs. The president uh, asking ESCOM to hold on. Many saying that um, they can't hold on. He doesn't have the prerogative to tell them to hold on. So when does that kick in and how much of an impact does that have in terms of the foreseeable future? Well, uh, let me first talk about the president talking about the... uh, increase that NERSA approved for ESCOM. In my view, the president spoke out of tune. NERSA is a statutory body. NERSA considered the facts and agreed that uh, ESCOM can have an income increase of just over 18%. Well, the president, out of the blue, to start shooting from the hip and say he's going to intervene, really means that he wants to overrule a decision of a statutory body. Secondly, Uh, It raises the question whether ESCOM has to follow NERSA's instructions at all. If in this case, because the president exercised pressure, ESCOM decides to go for a lower increase, as the president suggested, it means in the future NERSA will merely become an advisory body, and if NERSA recommends an increase, ESCOM can can announce a bigger adjustment. So this is really not how a modern democracy can work. The president can't just make these uh, decisions off the cuff. Now, of course, ESCO must still submit this to Parliament before the 15th of March. There's a parliamentary process that must follow in terms of the uh, the MFMA, the uh, Municipal Financial Management Act, and it seems to me that at municipal level, this will probably come into effect by the 1st of July. 
Now, the, um, the the visit to South Africa and the hosting by the, the, the Reserve Bank uh, of, uh, like I mentioned earlier on, the, the, the United States Secretary of Treasury, Janet Yellen. What, what, was, what is that about and does it have any significance for South Africans? You know, it's significant that uh, Ms. Yellen uh, wishes to visit South Africa. We must remember that before she was Secretary of the Treasury, she was, of course, a chairperson of the Board of Governors of the Federal Reserve System, which is the equivalent of the South African Reserve Bank. And from that perspective, she would have had a lot of contact with senior reserve bank officials in her previous role. Now, in my view, it's significant that she sees fit to visit South Africa, and I can only hope that she will give some economic policy advice to the South African government, because we are now in a position where our current economic policies clearly do not deliver the desired result. We have high unemployment, and we are caught in a very low economic growth trap. So current policies clearly do not work, and I can only hope that uh, the government will listen to the advice of uh, Ms. Yellen. And then, Prof, um, it looks like another hike in interest rates. Um, the, 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 the perception is that it impacts those who have bonds, etc. Does it impact even those who don't? Uh, does it have an overall impact on the economy? Yeah, you know, the Reserve Bank, uh, in terms of its mandate for inflation, must keep inflation between 3 and 6%. And one of the ways to keep inflation in that range, and currently it is outside the range, is not to look only at the uh, rate of inflation, but to look also at um, inflation expectations. And inflation expectations are still on the high side, and hence the only way that the Reserve Bank can contain expectations uh, is through an increase in interest rates. Uh, you mentioned the impact on bondholders, but we should hasten to add that higher interest rates are, of course, beneficial to those people who save, those people who have deposits with banks, those people who have money market accounts, etc. When interest rates increase, those people get a better return on such investments. So it's not as if higher interest rates are bad across the board for everybody. It depends on whether you're a saver or whether you are a lender. The problem in South Africa is that lenders, the borrowers of money, are well organized and the savers are not very vocal. Is there light at the end of the tunnel? Is, is there anything that South Africans can latch onto and say, well, okay, we're going to get some relief? Well, South Africans must now start talking about the election in about 15 months' time, in 2024, the general election. South Africans should realize that the ANC government is no longer a successful government. They cannot continue with their current policies. They cannot continue with uh, their current conduct. South Africans should start talking about the election and what will happen after the election, whether we will see a change of government in certain provinces or whether we will even see a change of government at national level or at least a coalition government in these provinces or at national level. But by now it should be abundantly clear to South African voters that the ANC is not successful as a government and the ANC in itself, as a political party, can't even manage its own finances. So it's time for political change in South Africa, and that is what South Africans should latch on to.
Professor Yanir Sow, as always, thank you for your time. Thank you, Sulaiman. Enjoy the day.